You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You are listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. This podcast is developed in collaboration with the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy and their Flip the Pharmacy team and paid for through CDC grant funding provided by the Pennsylvania Department of Health to the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association, broadcasted exclusively on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Patients visit their pharmacies up to 35 times a year. As the most accessible healthcare providers, community pharmacists play a unique role in the health of their communities. During this episode of Beyond the SIG, Stephanie McGrath sits down with pharmacy owners Tom DiPietro of DiPietro's Pharmacy and Mayank Amin of Skip Pack Pharmacy to learn about their innovative and successful strategies to engage their communities. Welcome back to Beyond the SIG. This is Stephanie McGrath, Executive Director of Network Operations for the Pennsylvania Pharmacist Care Network. I'm pleased today to be joined by two very innovative pharmacy owners, Tom DePietro, owner of DePietro's Pharmacy in Dunmore, Pennsylvania, and Mac Amin, owner of Skipback Pharmacy in Skipback, Pennsylvania. Welcome, Tom and Mac. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Stephanie. Appreciate the opportunity to share our story. Absolutely. We appreciate your time. Um, so the reason that I asked you both um, to, to join this episode today is as I've gotten to know you both through your PPCN membership, I've been truly impressed with and amazed by your community involvement. Um, really just shines through um, and especially on, on social media and seeing some of the, the work that you're both doing. Um, I'd like to start, you know, for our listeners, if you could tell me just a little bit about your pharmacy and your community um, and ultimately why do you love it? Sure. So um, I'll jump in. So my name is Tom DePietro. As Stephanie said, I own DePietro's Pharmacy in Dunmore, PA, and uh, we're right next to Scranton. So if you uh, heard of or watched The Office, we are right next to um, Scranton, PA. Um, But Dunmore is a small town, and and we say it's nine square miles. Um, And I opened my pharmacy a couple years after graduating pharmacy school, I worked for a chain, um, and it was at that point that I realized that uh, you know I, I could offer a more personalized care um, and, and a higher touch to my customers. So eight years ago, I had the bright idea to open my own pharmacy, um, and honestly, I have to say I didn't envision all that it would bring uh, to me personally and professionally. Um, the community has just truly embraced us. Um, and, uh, you know, we totally embrace them uh, just by, by getting involved and giving back. Um, so that's a little about uh, how the pharmacy started and where, um, where I'm from. Thank you, Tom. Uh, so my name is Mac. Uh, my legal birth name is Mayank uh, Amin, and I am in Skipback, Pennsylvania. It's a suburb about 30 minutes outside of the city of Philadelphia. Um, I'm a fairly new and recent owner of an independent pharmacy. Um, I can't say that I've dreamt about or planned to become an independent pharmacy owner at all at any point in my life. Um, some things just lined up, and I wanted to take the challenge or opportunity uh, to be able to serve my community. And that's why about a year and a half ago, uh, when I saw that a independent pharmacy that was in this town for 50 years um, shuttered its doors when a chain bought them out, um, I decided that I was going to come observe uh, the people of this town and see what they were doing when 
they would pull up to the window and realize that there was red signs all over the doors and the windows to only find out that their prescriptions had been transferred up the street um, to a three-letter chain. People weren't happy, and um, that's when I decided that, I guess, once in my life, uh, even if I didn't plan to do something, I was going to do something and stick up for the community. And people have known Skipback Pharmacy to be the community's pharmacy. Um, without them, we couldn't have done what we've done in a year and a half. And I think we're just kind of getting started, and hopefully our message resonates not just in our Skipback community, but throughout the country. That's terrific. Thank you both for that background. Um, and Tom, you mentioned that you think your community has truly embraced your pharmacy and your team. What do you mean by that? Why Why do you think they've really rallied around you? Yeah, so um, yeah, that's a great question. And I, I just believe that they just see how um, we don't just say we're going to treat you like family and we don't just say we're going to be better than other pharmacies. We truly deliver that to them and, and they get that feeling and they get that experience uh, when they walk through our doors and they truly could understand the difference of an independent pharmacy and a chain pharmacy. Um, a, a quick story is a, and one that uh, one of my first customer often reminds me of, um, but uh, one of, uh, he, he is now a close friend of mine. He, he was, uh, his daughter was battling cancer prior to us being opened. Um, and he tells me, Tom, I'll never forget you, dropping off a raffle basket for my daughter's benefit and and you guys weren't even open at the time and you were already you know giving back uh to, to our to our uh fundraiser um so you know it's just it's things like that uh that really make you understand the difference that you're making in people's lives and uh you know just giving back to the community uh, th things that seem small at the time you know just people never forget that um, and, and I just think of, you know, when we lose a customer, just having the family coming in and saying, you, you don't know how much you helped uh, my mom or my dad or my aunt. Uh, you know, they really struggled taking their medications or um, they, they couldn't get to their pharmacies and you were there after hours, uh, whatever the situation is. And, and I know we all could share similar stories, but we just go above and beyond and we don't just say it. We actually deliver the promise. Um, and I just think our customers truly understand how genuine uh, we are in achieving the goal of better health. That's really amazing. And I'm sure that many community pharmacists can relate to that, that type of scenario um, for sure. So Mac, Dr. Mac, as your, your patients like to call you, um, why do you think you, your community has embraced your pharmacy um, and your team? So I think the, the six months that this pharmacy was closed, um, people really felt the pain because um, all their life, they were used to walking into a pharmacy where someone knows their name, they know their children, their grandkids, um, they know their hobbies, they literally know everything about them like their friends. And then to one day just, abruptly lose that um a lot of these people were devastated and i don't know if, how completely true this is but i've had a couple of patients that uh, when i reopened the pharmacy they actually told me that they started taking more medications after they had to deal with some of the things that they had to when this pharmacy closed down um, and they were so happy when this pharmacy opened some of the patients actually came in here one lady fell to her knees and was crying of happiness and was so thankful that we opened this pharmacy back up um, because she missed it in just the six months that it was closed. 
um, a lot of patients. Um, we firmly believe that every single patient that walks through these doors, they have a story, and that story uh, is important for us to hear it. So whenever a new patient walks back in, even if they were one of the customers that was coming here for 50 years, I want to get to meet that person. Um, I'm not just the owner. I want to become their friend. I want to know all about them, their medications. And my goal here isn't to push pills. Um, so it's kind of a new experience for them where all their lives they might be used to someone refilling their medication saying, here you go, have a great day. Now it's like, all right, you're on these medications. How can we work with you to make sure your health outcomes increase and improve? Um, not only that, but if there's certain things that you're struggling with, how can we help? Um, and when people found out that now they have a friend in their pharmacist uh, and someone that they can go to for any kind of advice, I've had parents come and tell me, hey, can you tell me to tell this to my son the next time he comes in because he's likely to listen to you? And I've only known these people for a year or less. Um, it's just something phenomenal. And I think that uh, that whole aspect of caring for each other, I've gotten so many invitations to people's house parties, pre-COVID, obviously, um, people's events, weddings, barbecues, birthdays, um, funerals, the sad parts of their life. And I feel like when I lose a patient, I haven't known them that long, but some of these people have been coming here literally since the doors first opened. And when I would go to their house in the beginning, I would spend literally a half hour to an hour with each patient, uh, especially our senior patients, um, because I think a lot of their stories are not heard. And they have lots of things to tell you. It's just that no one really wants to listen to them. No one gives them the time of the day to actually sit with them. And having lost my grandmother a few years ago, uh, it was kind of a driving factor um, for me to be able to start this pharmacy. She had mentioned that when she's not here one day, for me to take care of other grandparents, like uh, I was taking care of her. And I literally did everything for her top down. Um, so I'm trying to resonate that same level of care. Uh, I feel like I've developed about 500 grandparents in the last year and tons of brothers and sisters and nephews and nieces. Uh, it's, it's been fun. Um, obviously, there's challenges along the way. I probably spend closer to 16 to 18 hours a day uh, at the pharmacy. And I never intended to be an independent pharmacist or own a pharmacy. I actually quit my job at Pfizer, where I worked prior to this, to become a full-time wedding planner and event planner um, because I own a separate company. That still is going on right now. Now I just have two jobs, very little sleep. And luckily, my wife, who's a pharmacist and a lawyer, is uh, very nice to me to say that she allows me to do all this and come home for an hour or two uh, to sleep, shower, and get back to work. Oh, that's phenomenal. Well, I, I imagine that your grandmother is very proud of you um, and your patients um, truly appreciate the level of care that you're providing um, at both of those pharmacies for sure. Um, it sounds like, you know, your community embraces you, both your pharmacy teams, because you have embraced them, um, which is really, really phenomenal. Um, so you both, you know, very well involved with your community. Your, your community knows you. You know your community very well. Um, and patients can walk in the door anytime until uh, March happened um, with the pandemic. I'm curious how COVID changed the way that you interact with your patients and your community. I've seen many innovations, I think, come out on social media. But can you share with our listeners um, what innovations through this pandemic came out of necessity? Yeah, so um, I mean, I'll start. It, it, early on, we made a decision that we were going to close our doors, and I remember looking at my other pharmacists saying, "Like, what are we going to do?" Um, and and j just having to make that tough decision to protect not only my staff but our customers was to just go curbside only. And I was kind of one of the pharmacies first in our area to do it. 
And I thought to myself, like, how are we going to pull this off? And I just like, for some reason, just had like this vision of car hops, like an old fashioned diner where people would go to their, their car and greet them. I, I just thought, wow, what if we did something like that? So early on making the decision to go closed door was difficult. And then, you know, quickly improvising, um, how are we going to serve our customers? I reached out to our football team, um, our football team head coach for the high school. And I said, look, I need help. Um, and he's like, what do you need? I said, I don't know. I need like 10, 10 guys to come over and help me. Um, so, so really quick, I got like 20 text messages saying, Hey, coach asked me to come over and help you. Uh, and I literally had to turn kids away from volunteering. Um, but those, you know, so the football team, you know, quickly stepped up to help us serve our customers curbside. Um, and you know, we developed the whole system uh, of uh, keeping them safe and making sure our, our patients uh, knew who they were, um, and just continuing the care um, that that we would want uh, of ourselves. Um, and oftentimes, it would it would bring the pharmacist to go out to the car and ask questions or just interact to ask if the medications were being changed or whatever the situation was. Um, so I think the curbside pickup model was the first one. Uh, but then secondarily to that, we realized, okay, now we're not, we don't have the, those uh, interactions as, as we were having. So how are we going to like be face to face with our customers or, or let them hear from us? So we really took um, Facebook Live, uh, we really embraced it. So I was often afraid to do Facebook Live, um, but through COVID, we really embraced uh, that as a venue to reach our customers. Uh, you know, whether it be like educating them on the disease itself, educating them on other disease states, or just really letting them know what items we had in the store for them. Because, you know, we had so many patients who, uh, we're just afraid to go out and try to buy much-needed supplies, and I, I know Mac did the same, but we were here at all hours of the night making hand sanitizer or working on the phones trying to find uh, hot items that were just really hard to find, um, so it really made us a... Uh, like a resource for our customers to know, hey, not only could I go and get my medications there, but they're going to have everything I need under one roof and they're going to bring it to my car. Um, and, and I would say the other thing that came of it, um, that I'm disappointed that I wasn't doing this before COVID, but I think it really made me step my game up now, is I was really concerned about a lot of customers that were come, they would come in the store you know, every other day and talk to us and, you know, they were elderly, we'd be able to see them face to face. And I said, geez, who are they talking to now? So I started a program in the pharmacy where we would just routinely call our elderly patients or our high risk patients that we would see so frequently, but now we don't have the opportunity to see them because of COVID. Um, and I was really disappointed in myself as Tom, like you should have been doing that before COVID, but it, it was just something that uh, COVID caused me to do. And now I'm happy that, to, that we're gonna continue to do these check-in calls with our patients. Um, and then the one thing I do want to mention is I really think health, other healthcare providers um, embraced us during this time. So we had so many um, 
physicians uh, relying on us to continue care for their patients. And the one thing that I was happy, we, we work with some hospice companies and they said, Tom, like, what are we going to do for uh, medication management for our patients who are at home? Um, so they had looked at me to come up with like a COVID response plan for medication management for all of their patients. So I think our patients um, embraced us, but I also think other healthcare providers truly embraced us and, and they saw the value that we were able to deliver to our patients. Um, and, and sometimes we just need to hear it, right? Like oftentimes we're bogged down and dealing with uh, insurance reimbursement issues or legislation that doesn't go our way. So just having a doctor or hospice company call and say, we appreciate what you're doing, uh, that, that really made a difference um, in our morale and the staff's morale. So Tom, some of those things that you had mentioned, um... I actually uh, did a lot of those things, and I actually learned a lot of those from some of the pharmacists like yourselves. And that's one of the great things about our industry is that um, I think we're all family. Uh, one way or another, we're all helping our patients, our community. I've actually never met Tom, but I feel like I've, I text him or Facebook message him all the time asking him for advice. Um, likewise, there's so many pharmacists around the country that uh, we've learned a lot of things from. And I think that's the that's that's one of the things that's going to keep our profession going is us helping each other out. Um, we, on the other hand, while we didn't close our doors, um, our doors were open, and people thought I was crazy because our doors weren't just open; our doors were open from 8 a.m. to around midnight every single day. Um, and it sounds crazy when someone says, "What do you mean your doors were open as a small pharmacy um, for?" 16 to 18 hours a day. Uh, the reason why that happened is we live in such a small town where the nearest large retailer is not nearby. And there's a lot of people that were relying on us for very important things. Across the street from us, we have a Wawa. So they, people at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night would go to Wawa to get their, their food and coffee and other things like that. But then they would also need some of their medical necessities. Um, I didn't have enough bandwidth or staff uh, to be able to provide all the items that we have. We have a fairly large retail uh, storefront. Also, we'd have enough employees to, to be able, or even help to be able to do the curbside um, only model. So we kept our doors open. We also did have the curbside option for those that did not feel comfortable. And then again, there was also the delivery option. Um, while deliveries were definitely important, um, I lost my main delivery helpers. Uh, my parents were retired. Um, have been helping me out since the beginning of us opening this pharmacy a year and a half ago. Uh, you would think, why would someone utilize their family? Um, the most important thing for us was to be able to survive. We came into an environment, um, apart from us doing all these amazing things for our community, um, it's definitely challenging. I did not know about things like DIR fees, GER fees, uh, low PBM reimbursements, the, the thought or fact that you could lose money on prescriptions. There was all these things that I never knew about when I opened this pharmacy that I learned about as we went on. Um, so in order for me to keep this pharmacy open and running, I've had to utilize the free help a lot of my friends and family. Um, and my parents were critical uh, in terms of making deliveries pre-COVID. Uh, they also have business experience. Our families had businesses before. So patients would actually always call saying, can you tell your dad to drop off this prescription, especially the seniors, because they're going to have a 45-minute conversation 
my dad will tell his story, they'll tell their story, and they're having a cup of coffee. So patients would actually always request uh, my parents to go make the deliveries, but now it's COVID, I have to protect my parents. So I'm not going to tell them, all right, mom and dad, you're going to be going out to make deliveries when there were so many unknowns at that time. Um, we have uh, a 75-year-old employee. Uh, she's been here since the day the pharmacy first opened 50-plus um, years ago. And I, every week I would ask her, saying, Bonnie, are you sure you want to come in? Because I looked across the industry, everyone was staying home. And if you were a senior, you're definitely staying home. Every time I messaged her, she said, nope, I'm coming in for our patients. I'll just wear extra masks, gloves, whatever I have to do to keep myself safe, but I'm coming in because my community needs me. Um, and that's, she was here every single day uh, with me uh, in the fight, and we had so many other friends and family, kind of like that, that call that Tom made to the coach. Um, I've reached out to a lot of my friends, and they were here with me until midnight. And on many occasions, I would say out of the three or four months, um, at least 20 to 25 nights, we were here at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, but we, don't, we didn't stay here because we wanted to add that to our story or make anyone feel bad that we're doing this. And the whole aspect was because we actually um, wanted to care for our patients. They were calling us saying, you're not usually open on Sundays, but would you mind opening on Sundays? And the first case in our town, that's what ended up happening, is we started opening every Sunday. And... Um, for about four months, we were open on Sundays when usually that was our day to rest and relax. Um, all of our phone recordings, normally while the phone line shut off at seven, they were open till midnight in case anybody had any emergencies. Um, not just healthcare related emergencies, that whole aspect I was talking about of us being that friend, that family member. We had people that had issues with electricity in their house, light bulbs, they're out of toilet paper. Um, those little things, like we would be dropping off toilet paper to someone's house, not because we made any money on it, because we probably made about five cents. And after dropping it off and spending about 30 minutes of a pharmacist time, um, you lose money on things like that. Um, but our community actually really appreciated that. And uh, I think that's, that's something where independent pharmacies had an opportunity to stand up, and they still do, because uh, as your own owner, you can decide on whatever you want to do. There's no one to tell you no. Uh, if you want to work at extra hours, you can do extra hours. If you want to uh, find a different way to find products and make sure that they're available for your patients, you'll do literally anything. Um, and that's kind of what we did. We also added a little creative aspect in terms of a superheroes program. Um, in the past, uh, end of December, I'd gone to a patient's house uh, to give her a flu shot. She was a paralyzed patient. She had emailed us um, because she heard about our at-home immunization program. So I'd gone to her house and I was like, you know what, what would actually brighten her day? So I dressed up as Superman and I knocked on her door and the door opened and she saw Superman, the Indian version, standing outside of her door. And her face just lit up and she was just so happy because she had recently been through the trauma that caused her to be paralyzed and she needed someone to give her the flu shot. Otherwise, she might not have gotten that shot. After I saw her reaction, then uh, a couple more times before covid I made a couple of deliveries to some patient's house uh, that had young children, and I would let the, the parents know that I'm coming dressed up as a superhero costume, and then they would let their child come to the door, and the, the reactions the kids had was just mind-blowing and something I'll probably remember forever. So I thought, why don't I pull that costume out that has some dust on it and create a superheroes program? So 
Uh, every week we dress up as different superheroes here, the full costume, top down, the mask and all. Uh, and it was actually an excuse for us to have a, a full mask on. Um, patients literally would walk in and you could see on their faces that no matter what uh, uncertainties, sadness, chaos, confusion that they had in their minds, that little aspect of us dressing up as superheroes um, actually changed their mood and made them a little bit happier. Um, and I got caught uh, dropping off deliveries on people's ring cameras and they posted on social media. There were so many fun things that happened. Um, but the result of the superheroes program, uh, one of our students had an idea like where all these patients are coming into our pharmacy uh, like we've never had before. Um, certain days, lines literally out the door uh, and up and down every aisle and our cashier will literally just stand there and not move for a period of 12 to 16 hours. So they're like, why don't we utilize some of the funds that we're getting from PPE and other sales and donate that back? And I said, that's a, that's a great idea. So we started the superheroes program and we were able to donate uh, 50,000 pieces of PPE to our first responders, healthcare professionals in the area, and also underserved um, people that were just generally struggling. We've had moms come in here crying because they, didn't, they couldn't afford toilet paper. They weren't leaving here without toilet paper or any necessity. We've had seniors can't afford sanitizer or masks. They were getting them for free. If I had to spend an extra hour um, to cover the cost of things that we're donating, so be it. But I, I just did not want to see people um, going through hardship when we had supplies. Uh, so we had signs in our stores. If you cannot afford any of these items in our store, just let us know. We will take care of you. You're not going to walk out of this pharmacy empty-handed because we want to make sure you have everything that everybody needs to fight through this. Um, and that was kind of uh, some of what we were able to do um, during the, the coronavirus. Obviously, if, if you look at Tom's um, Instagram, Facebook page, or DePetro Pharmacy's uh, social media or Skipback Pharmacy's social media, you'll see a lot of the different things that uh, both of our pharmacies did. We probably talk about hours of different stories uh, from patients and hardship, but a lot of it is, uh, you know, personal. Uh, it's something that's touching to us because it's it's something we'll remember forever that we had an opportunity to be able to help some some people in a time of need where um, there was a lot of uncertainties and even even to this date we still don't really know what's happening, um, but we'll be in the fight together because that's what pharmacists do. We help the community. Yeah, it's really clear that you both, both of your pharmacy teams have made such an impact on your communities. Um, you've helped to provide stability and comfort during this uncertain time, um, really, really clear. Um, and seeing, as you alluded to, uh, Mac, the response on social media has just been been really amazing. I know, Tam, um, your pharmacy team launched a similar program um, to help support patients who maybe weren't able to afford their medications as well. Yeah, yep. So early on, we launched a, a CARES program. Um, and I, all I remember is seeing the news and hearing how unemployment was taking so long and patients were losing their medical benefits, their prescription benefits, and it was taking so long to get their paperwork processed. So uh, we launched a program uh, that basically mirrored uh, any of the generic 99. 90-day supply programs that you would see, um, but we had we had offered it to anyone um, free of charge, uh, and that was something that I just thought to myself would be a good way to help uh, help the community, help people who who literally just lost their jobs, um, they have no source of income, they have no insurance, and um, obviously the the backlog of applications wasn't going to work. Uh, 
in their favor. And uh, I thought, how could I help their health situation? And, uh, you know, one of the first applicants uh, or, or the first person to join the program was a new patient to the pharmacy uh, who was on Advair, generic Advair. And she said, oh, my God, like, I would not be able to afford this. I don't have a job and I don't have any health insurance. Are you sure you're going to be able to give me this? Um, and, you know, it was it was very rewarding to see the look on her face when we gave her, you know, three months of uh, a maintenance medication for her asthma um, that, you know, wasn't it, it for for me it wasn't cheap, but the the reward to just know that I I truly made a difference in her life was uh, uh, that was rewarding in itself. Absolutely, and you probably saved her from a hospital visit as well, um, if not other complications. Just just really amazing impact. Um, well, thank you both for sharing that, and I know no one uh, wanted or expected this pandemic, um, but you both have really shared a number of innovations that have um, been have, have come out of this, um, and it sounds like you're going to keep some of those new new policies and new practices as well, um, which is is great for your community. So I know that a lot of you know pharmacists listening will be interested to you know are probably thinking right now, geez, what else could I do? Or you know, does my community am I having do I have this presence in my community as well? Um, what advice would you have for other pharmacy owners to better connect with their communities? Yeah, so I just I look back, Steph, when I prior to opening my own uh, pharmacy, um, I had a different job where I would uh, interact with so many different pharmacists on a daily basis. And when I told them my idea of I'm going to open my own pharmacy, these independent other owners said, "No, don't do it. It's horrible. You can't do it. It won't work." Um, and my advice to other pharmacies is, uh, you know. Just find a way to make it happen. Uh, find a way to get involved in your community. Find a way to show value. You might you might hear me and Max's story, and you might say, "I don't I don't like I can't do Facebook, or uh, I can't dress up as a superhero. I can't afford to give free medicine. I can't afford to to stay at my pharmacy all day um, and all night like Mac shared his story. Um, I can't. I can't. I can't. Like we all have. Uh, different strengths. And I think uh, the knowledge that we have as pharmacists and, and the patients that we have that rely on us, you could find a way to get involved and show your value. Um, outside of the pharmacy, I, I volunteer on many um, boards, uh, one being the, the local YMCA. And, and just just giving my pharmacist advice or my healthcare advice in a different way that benefits the community is something that's free. Uh, giving presentations at senior centers doesn't cost me anything, but it adds value to the community. Um, you know, getting involved in local uh, benefits or youth organizations. Uh, you know, if you can't, if you don't have the monetary resources to sponsor a t-ball team, go and offer to serve the hot dogs in the stand for the day or, you know, so what I'm saying is you don't need the financial resources always to get involved. You don't have to have the skills to navigate Facebook to get involved. Just do what you can to, to make uh, your community know that you care um, and find a way to overcome the I can't um, 
approach to things that I think as pharmacists, it's very easy, uh, especially as owners, to get beaten down and beaten back into a corner and you just feel like you can't. Um, I mean, I know looking at Mac, uh, you know, there you you can. You can overcome these things. Um, it's just how bad do you want? to do it and how much does your community know that you want to do it so those are some of my i guess words of wisdom those are all great points tom um just a couple things that um, i would be able to offer and i as a new owner i learned so much from everybody else and i still feel like i'm in preschool when it comes to uh, the pharmacy world but more important than anything for me, it's the, the whole app, uh, the aspect of being positive um, and the happiness factor. I started this pharmacy to be able to help people. Um, the money aspect, hopefully it comes one day. It will be nice to be able to work 18 hours and be able to put a dollar into my bank. Right now, a year and a half later, I still don't pay myself. Um, but then again, I'm not doing it for that sole reason. And I tell all the younger students and uh, everyone else out there, um, if you are solely money driven, you probably won't be successful in this field because the insurance companies, the chains, the people that are sending your patients letters, the people that are putting their logo on insurance company cards, um, literally all the vectors are against you. If you just do this to make money, you will lose because you will not have the support of your community. Um, maybe the model was different before. And talking to a lot of owners, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what the case was, where you got $10 per prescription, um, and you had all these other um, additional things that uh, may not exist today or have been modified. Um, but as Tom mentioned, you have to cut the excuses. We all have excuses, uh, but just remember that patient that came in um, who said their daughter has cancer and they have 14 days left to live. Um, I always tell myself, my employees, uh, my family, that we have plenty of excuses. There's always things that can go wrong. There's always things that we think we have the worst of it, but just imagine yourself in somebody else's shoes who possibly has it worse. The person who's unemployed sitting at home can't afford their medications. We've had patients where um, I've called the patient to ask them, hey, Miss so-and-so, it's been 30 days or 90 days since you've gotten this medication. Uh, are you still taking it? And one call that I got during COVID, I asked a, pa a senior patient, um, and she says, Dr. Mack, you know what? This week it was a decision of I had to pay for food and my rent, or I had to pay for my medication. And for this week, I'm going to decide on food. And then, you know, I'll just go without my medications. And then uh, when I get some more money, I'll, I'll give you a call to pay for the medication. And I said, Ms. So-and-so, you don't have to worry about it. I'm dropping off the medications to your house tonight. And anything else you want in our store, it's coming with it, and it's on there. Um, because you just have to understand the human aspect of people. There's, there's a lot of people struggling out there. And when you become one with the community, um, they will literally do anything for you. Um, in, in my language and culture, there's a saying, that means learn to love. Uh, if you learn to love and you treat each patient with love, treat each patient as if they're your grandmother, your brother, your sister, your parent, you'll take extra care in making sure the wrong medication doesn't go out the road. Because that's what we're here for. We're, we're here for our patients. We're here to make sure that they're safe when it comes to medication. And the whole aspect of us being here for them outside the pharmacy, that's just something additional that 
um, owners like Tom and myself and a lot of other independent owners take upon ourselves. It's not what we signed up for, um, but it's just a part of being one with the community. Um, you kind of have to connect the dots because if there's certain things that we feel uh, don't line or don't match up, you got to find a way around it. There's a uh, life gives us a thousand reasons to have excuses, but uh, we just have to figure it out because if we don't, our industry will collapse. They, there may one day not be any independent pharmacies if there's not people fighting for what we believe in and that's the patient. Um, and whenever we do something positive, I think the community appreciates you more um, if you do it for a cause and not applause. Um, common saying that we hear a lot, uh, whatever programs you initiate, whatever you do, uh, do it because you care about the person. If at the end of it, you know, they're cheering you on, they love you, they're telling the world about you, that's awesome. I think the most uh, genuine responses from patients come when you're doing something for them out of love and respect, not because you want them to, you want to gain something out of it. Of course, that's the back of everyone's mind. It would be amazing. We'd love if someone gave us a positive review uh, but that shouldn't be the end goal. It should be that, that we actually, this person walks out the door happier, healthier, and that they feel like someone truly cares for them and that they have an experience that they've never had before because that's what they're going to get when they come to an independent pharmacy um, is something that they'll remember for their life. And I think that's, a, that's one of the big important parts that I can give advice in regards to what we as community pharmacists can do for our communities. Thank you, Mac and Tom. That's really great advice. Um, and it's really clear that you both um, and your pharmacy teams are really working hard to make your communities healthier, um, which is, is really just amazing. Um, thank you for sharing um, all of this today. Tom and Mac, um, your pharmacy teams truly embody what it means to be a community pharmacy. We are both superheroes, we feel, to your communities, and we're so proud to have you representing Pennsylvania. Thank you for your generous time today and for sharing your community approach. Um, now we can let you get back to taking care of patients. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and to our listeners, we hope that you keep tuning in to Beyond the SIG to continue to hear about community pharmacy practice transformation. Thanks for listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. Be sure to check back with the Pharmacy Podcast Network soon for the next episode. To learn more about transforming the role of the pharmacist, visit papharmacists.com forward slash podcast. That's papharmacists.com forward slash podcast. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.